Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. Richie, come on up here. All right, guys, so I think in the past year, everybody's favorite speaker that we've had is Richie by far. Would you agree? Don't you feel lucky and blessed? That God sends such awesome gifts here. So I'm just saying, guys, open your hearts tonight. I just believe every time he comes, he has something special for us. So, Richie, take it away, buddy. Thank you, thank you. You guys having fun? (laughs) Abby, go ahead and stand up. This is my daughter, Abigail. She's with us tonight. Seven years old. Do you feel like God wants to say anything to anybody? Anybody need healing? God show anything to you? Anybody need healing in here? No? All right. We love you. You're awesome. That's my son in the back there, sitting beside David. Gabe, go ahead and stand up so everybody can see you, buddy, and wave. That's Gabriel. (laughs) <laughs> he had soccer practice tonight. He scored, scored eight goals at practice. It's his first year. How many people know that God puts the lonely in families? Psalm 68 said God puts the lonely in families. I was praying for you today, and I felt like this is a word for people who are in here that even though you might have a lot of friends that are around you, you might be popular, um, you might not be, but I felt like that there is a word for this group that is gathered here tonight. There, there could be some people in here that feel lonely. You don't feel known. You can have a lot of friends, but not really feel known. Anybody experienced that feeling before? It's like, uh, especially in sc- when you're in middle school or high school, you know, everyone's putting masks on. And they're, and they're kind of being fake because we don't really know who we are. We're trying to figure out who we are, you know. And, and really, we don't even know who we really are. So how can somebody else know who, we're, who, who we are? Um, but Psalm 139 says that God knit you in your mother's womb. He knows the thoughts that he has for you. He, his thoughts for you are more than the sand that are on the seashore. He, he knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. You started in God's imagination, and he knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly what's going to make you come alive to have the fullness of life. See, all of humanity is looking for peace, looking for joy, looking for meaning, looking for purpose. And when they can't find it, They try to fulfill that empty void on the inside with alcohol, with drugs, with relationships, with being popular, with having the best friends, with maybe having the best kicks or the best clothes or whatever the case may be. They're trying to fill that void that can only actually be filled with God. There's a God-sized void in every single person's heart that only he can fill. And I feel like that the word for this group tonight is that God wants you to know that he sees you and that he knows you. Even if no one else knows you, he knows you. See, I lived in Redding, California uh, when my wife and I first got married. 
Uh, we got married in Redding, California, and we weren't planning on having any kids for like five years. We at least want to be pregnant for five years. I mean, be married. <laughs> we want to be married for five years before we get uh, pregnant. Uh, but we only lasted about uh, a year and a half. And then surprise, uh, pregnancy. We had something to do with it, but we weren't planning it, you know. And um, anyway, that baby is Abigail, who's here tonight. And um, how many people know that God speaks to us in, in, through dreams, through visions? Uh, he can speak to you through a trance. Uh, he can speak to you through audible voice. God, but God is off. He's speaking in multiple different ways. God can speak to, to you through somebody else. Like they can hear God's voice. Sometimes it's an internal silent voice that you can just kind of know on the inside, but there's multiple ways that God is speaking, but God is speaking all the time. Uh, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. He didn't just die for us so that we could get to heaven. He died for us so that we could have a relationship with him right now, that you would know him, but you can't have a relationship, a real relationship with God, unless you can communicate with him, unless you can talk back and forth, not, not just a one-way conversation, but you can hear his voice back. And I have good news is that because of Jesus, we can have relationship with God where he can talk back to us. And so those thoughts that he has that are more than the sand that are on the seashore, those things that he knows about you that you might not even know about yourself, you can simply just ask him, what are your thoughts for me? And you can write them down in a journal or you can write them down somewhere on your phone or somewhere what you hear God saying. What are your thoughts for me? What do you say about me? Even though other people might not know me, even though they might be uh, saying things that aren't true or slandering me or uh, trying to make me look bad, you know me. You know everything about me. And not only that, but you can, you can hear God for other people. You can hear God for people that are in this room. You can ask the Lord, what are your thoughts for my friend? What are your thoughts for that stranger? And the reason I'm saying these things to you is because tonight... God's going to reveal some stuff to me about individuals that are in this room that I couldn't know unless God told me. I, ne I don't know most of you, uh, I don't, except for my own kids. I don't know anything about your life. But the God of heaven, the God who knits you in your mother's womb, he knows every detail about your life. And what I'm going to do towards the end of this service is I'm going to ask him for details, and they're always good. They're always uh, positive. He loves you with an everlasting love. He doesn't reveal to me negative things about people's lives. He reveals to me things that will call you closer to his heart. He wants you to know that he knows you. This is called a word of knowledge. God will, will give me a word of knowledge, something that I can know uh, either past or present or future that I couldn't have known unless God showed it to me. So I'm going to share some testimonies with you that will reveal some of these things. So when we lived in Redding, California, and we got pregnant with uh, our first child, which is Abigail. I was worshiping God, kind of like we were tonight, and I was just worshiping the Lord. I was feeling his presence, like those holy goosebumps. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like those kind of like, man, I just feel chicken skin all over, you know, like just feel that presence of God on me, you know, and I'm worshiping the Lord, you know, nothing out of the normal, and then all of a sudden, I wasn't in the room anymore. Even though I could hear people around, I was in another dimension. It was what the Bible would describe as a trance. You can read about it in Acts chapter 10 on your own time. Peter goes into a 
trance, and he sees a sheet coming down from heaven, and in the, he- in the sheet is multiple uh, unclean animals like pigs and, and different things that Jewish people were not allowed to eat. And he sees this sheet full of these unclean animals, and a voice says to him, go kill and eat. And he says, no way. In the Jewish law, it says, I can't eat that. I've never eaten anything like that ever. No way am I going to do that. Again, he hears a voice say, don't call what I call clean, unclean. This happens three times. The vision repeats itself three times. You can read about it in Acts chapter 10. It's called a trance. At that point, somebody knocks on his door, and it's, and it's the Gentile people. It's people that the Jewish people would have not th- – they didn't think that these people could be saved. They thought that they're, they're, they're not godly enough. They're not the people of God. They're not able to be saved. But the Lord was showing them that no one's too far from him to be saved. And so he, he gives him this trance. And these three people, long story short, uh, are directed by an angel to his house through word of knowledge. The angel releases to, to these three individuals. Uh, leader, his name was Cornelius. An angel visits Cornelius, tells him to send these three people to a place where a guy named Peter is going to be staying as a guest, gives the address, gives what he looks like. This is a word of knowledge. You can read about it. I'm not going to preach about that, um, but it's amazing. I just want to give you some biblical precedents. How many people know the Bible's important? I, I don't ever want to teach something that's not consistent with the word of God. You've got to be in your Bible because you'll get a lot of people that teach a lot of things, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's in the word of God. The word of God keeps us on track with what the truth is. So this happens. So let's go back to my story. I'm worshiping God, and all of a sudden I go into this trance, and I'm in another dimension. And I'm, and I'm in the future, actually. And I'm pushing this little girl in a swing. And, and I could feel the wind blowing on me, and I could smell the flowers. And it was like, even though I could hear people in the room with me, I was somewhere else at the same time. And I'm pushing this little girl in a swing. She's about eight or nine years old, so older than she is right now. And she jumps off the swing like kids do and flies through the air and lands on the ground and then runs back around the swing. And as she runs back around, this is the first time that I saw Abigail's face. And a butterfly flies between us, and then, boom, I'm back in the room. And I hear the Lord say, you're going to have a little girl named her Abigail Joy. Now, my wife always wanted to name her first child, if it was a girl, Abigail Joy. But she never told me. So when I went home and I told her the encounter I had, I had this encounter, and God told me that we're going to have a little girl. We need to name her Abigail Joy. She said, no way. I always wanted to name my first daughter Abigail. So God gave me a word of knowledge, and he gave her that word of knowledge prior to Abby being born. Now, God spoke to my wife about what Abby would be like. She would be uh, a, a, a woman who told the whole world about Jesus. And he told, told her that she'd be like Heidi Baker. Anybody know who Heidi Baker is? Amazing woman of God. And she'd be like Chris Overstreet, who's one of my best friends. He's an evangelist at Bethel Church. And that's exactly how Abby is now. When Abby was five years old, she stood up in her youth group in Calgary, Canada, and shared the gospel, shared about Jesus Christ, and 13 people raised their hands to give their life to Jesus that day. At five years old. 12 people. She corrected me. It's only 12, not 13. She tells testimonies with honor and integrity. Only 12, Dad. So 
she's not performing. She's just being who she's called to be. God knit her in her mother's womb. Now, when she was in her mom's womb, I used to sing a song to her. Now, do you guys remember the last time I was in here? Didn't I share? Who was in here last time I was here? Just by a raise of hand. Last time I was in here, just to refresh your memory, I think I shared a story. Did I share a story about how I punched some guy in the face? I, so if you weren't in here, I'll just give you a brief overview. Basically, when I was 16 years old, I had 18 felonies by the time I was 16 years old. I was in and out of jail. I was uh, an alcoholic. I was a star football player being recruited to play at Virginia Tech until I got those felonies. After that, the colleges don't want you to come to their university anymore. Um, but I was, a, I was an angry young man, and, and uh, I had a girl that I was pursuing um, that I really liked. And just because of the little ears that are in here, I'll just say that she got with another guy, and that other guy um, went – and they were doing stuff that they probably shouldn't have been doing at their age. <laughs> and, and I was really hurt by that and really angry about that. And the guy started going all around uh, the school and talking behind this girl's back and telling everybody what they had done together, which was really hurtful for her and really made me angry that he was not honoring her. Then he started talking to me about how he got the girl, even though I was trying to pursue her. So I was so angry, but I had an ankle bracelet on, on my ankle. Anybody ever see anybody with an ankle bracelet on? That means they, they were in jail, and they let them out of jail, but they're on house arrest. So they're not allowed outside of their house. And, uh, and if I got in any more trouble, then I was going to go back to jail. So this guy is talking trash to me. And I know I'm, if I go fight him, I'm going to hurt him really badly. Um, I was a star football player. I, those weights back there, I lived on the weights back then. I was bigger in high school than I am now if, uh, at 16 years old. I said, I know I'm going to hurt this guy if I go meet him. So I go to a soccer game uh, because nobody watches soccer in Virginia. They play real sports like football. and <laughs> Just joking, 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 joking. Anyway, I go to the soccer game, and, um, and, a, and a couple pulls up in front of me, a, a, a big truckload of people. And the long story short is, is I, a guy jumps out of the truck, runs on the field with his friends, and they're dancing on the field in togas with no clothes underneath of it. And uh, one of the soccer players, it was just a disgusting display, you know. And uh, I wasn't going to do anything because I didn't want to go to jail. And... Um, but one of the soccer players that was on my school's team said, hey, Richie, punch him in the face. <laughs> he knew I was a fighter. I, I wasn't going to do it, but I did say something to him about it. I said, you guys should grow up, you know, and then they started laughing at me. And I was already not very happy. So I took off my shirt, walked to the back of the truck, and I said, laugh now. And all of a sudden, they went from laughing to stone face. They, they, weren't, they weren't about that life. And um, except for the guy that was in the front seat, he had his girlfriend beside him, and he didn't want to be punked in front of his girlfriend, so he laughed at me. So I walked up to the front of the truck, I opened up the door, I said, laugh now. He thought for a few minutes, and then he made a bad decision. He laughed. <laughs> and so then I made a bad decision, and I punched him. Boom. I knocked him out. 
and then his girlfriend uh, called the cops. She was screaming. She had a little blonde-haired girl. She was screaming. She called the police, and um, I went back to jail. And two years later, I meet Jesus Christ. Uh, he came into my pickup truck. And you can grow up in a church environment and hear a lot about Jesus, but just because you hear about him doesn't mean you know him. Jesus Christ said this in Matthew chapter 6, Many will come to me in that day saying, Lord, Lord. They call him Lord. And I'll say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. It's not just saying, Lord, Lord, that saves you. It's do you know him? And that's the question that we're going to dive into today. Because when I was getting in all that trouble, I came to youth. I came to a church when I was 11 years old. I prayed a prayer, but I didn't live out my life as though I knew Jesus. I didn't spend time with him. I wasn't talking back and forth. And I actually didn't know him. I'm going to invite different ones in this room into a relationship with Jesus where you know that you know that you know that you know Jesus tonight. And I didn't know him. So two years later, I get saved and I go to this church and they're reading out of the book of John. I'm 18 years old at this point. I never read the Bible like this. And and I'm like, I can't stop reading at just one chapter. I want to keep reading. So I read all the way through John 15 and two people stayed after the Bible study with me. One girl with blonde hair and one guy. Now, afterwards, the janitor kicked us out of the church because he said, I want to go home and be with my wife. You guys, you guys got to get out of here. So they kicked us out of the church. So we went to the Waffle House across the street from the church and kept reading. After a while, the girl looks up at me and she says, hey, Richie, were you at a soccer game two years ago and you punched some dude in the face? And I thought, yes. And then I had this splash. This girl has blonde hair. That girl had blonde hair. And I got embarrassed. Oh, no. And she said, oh, don't worry about it, Richie. That day I started praying for your soul. <laughs> Maybe God will highlight somebody in your high school, somebody that's around, that's in your high school, that you just will begin to start praying for their soul. What if Airborne was to identify different individuals in your high school that maybe are going through a hard time, maybe they're violent, maybe they're scary, maybe they are lost feeling. Maybe they're the people that you would think they're the farthest away from knowing Jesus. But you just will begin to put them somewhere where you remember to pray for them every single day. And maybe you'll grab your friends and begin to pray for them every single day that God would save them. Would anybody like to do that? Because I don't think that anyone gets saved apart from prayer. This girl started praying for me at 16 years old, and I believe that a large reason why I'm standing before you today is because she decided to pray for a, a man who broke her boyfriend's face. I'll share another story with you. I have a friend named Sean Downey. Sean Downey was in a band um, in high school that won the Battle of the Bands in California. If you win the Battle of the Bands in California, you get signed to a record deal, and he got... They, his band won the Battle of the Bands, and they got to open up for Maxbox 20, which was a major band in the 80s, I guess, 90s, somewhere at 90s. It would have been the 90s. And um, he, they, his band got to open up for Maxbox 20, and they're on their way to making millions of dollars. He had all the girls. He had all the popularity. And yet he was depressed. He hated himself, and he wanted to commit suicide. 
So he got in his car at 18 years old, and the way he's going to do it, he's going to get on the highway, and he's going to get his car going as fast as it can possibly go, and he's going to run it into a concrete barrier. See, this is the cost of being a Christian, quote-unquote, but not being on fire, not really loving God with your whole heart, being a hypocrite. See, there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians on Sunday, call themselves Christians when they come to youth group. But if you see them outside of youth group, all of a sudden, they don't, they don't act like they know Jesus. They're ashamed of Jesus. They try to hide it. They try to be too cool for school. And, and the reality is, growing up in Virginia, you could throw a rock and hit three churches by accident. I never once had anybody share the gospel with me until I was 18 years old. Even though that girl prayed for me, not once did anyone ever live their life in such a way that caused me to want to know Christ. Are you going to be that person? Maybe you're in here and you know Christ. There's people that are around you in your school that don't know Christ. And the only way that they're going to see him is through your life. Are you willing to preach the gospel? Are you willing to be on fire for God in the midst of your peers? Are you willing to maybe go to that Christian club in your school or start that Christian club that begins to pray <coughs> so that people who are like me don't die and go to hell? So my friend Sean Downey is depressed, even though everybody else would have thought he was on top of the world. He's driving his car down the road. He's going to run his car into a concrete barrier <coughs> and kill himself. All of a sudden, a little red Pinto, like a little teeny car, red car, pulls right in front of him and cuts him off on the road. It's California. He lays on the horn. It's like an old lady that cut him off when he was getting ready to try to kill himself. And all of a sudden, there was a, there was a bumper sticker on her back of her car that said, Jesus is the way, follow him. So he says, this is crazy. I'm going to follow this girl, this lady, this old lady. I'm going to ask her about the bumper sticker on the back of her car. So he follows this lady, and she's going in and out, in and out, in and out of all these different roads in L.A. And he's like, where the heck is this lady going? She ends up going into a cul-de-sac, like a circle without a way out, pulls into the cul-de-sac, and uh, he sees her get out of the car. He gets out of the car, but he's distracted just for one second. He looks over to his left, and he sees a guy with dreadlocks on top of a, a half pike skate, skateboard kind of ramp and a bunch of kids out in this yard in the backyard of somebody's house. And he's like, what the heck is going on? And he's got a microphone. He's just distracted for a minute. He looks back and the red car and the old lady is gone. <laughs> Angel, I don't know, but it's gone, disappeared in a cul-de-sac. So he walks over to where the skateboard ramp is, and the guy is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, and he gives his life to Christ. This is the guy. His name was Sean Downey. He went to the same church I went to after I got saved. And as he's sharing this story, my hands begin to tingle. I begin to feel the presence of God. Now, I had just gotten saved. Nobody talked to me about the presence of God. Maybe as I'm sharing this story right now, some people in this room are feeling... That presence, you're feeling a tingling. You might begin to feel a heat. You might begin to feel a wind. I'm just going to begin to, for the sake of time, just to ask the Holy Spirit to come to reveal Jesus Christ and to begin to show me things about people's lives that I couldn't know unless God revealed it to me. Just like that was a supernatural occurrence, I think that there are people who've come tonight, and maybe your friend convinced you to come. You might not even know why you're here, 
but you're here by divine appointment tonight. God set you up to be here tonight so that you could hear my story and so that you could have hope that God loves you, that God knows you, and he wants to put you in the family of God. As many as receive Jesus Christ, he gives the right to become a child of God. Here's the simple gospel. The gospel is very simple. 1 John 4 says that God is love. Can we say that? God is love. He doesn't just decide to love. He is love. He can't help but to love. He is love. Colossians 1 says that God is a spirit and that spirits are invisible, but the, but the attributes of God, the invisible attributes of God are clearly seen in the person of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? God's invisible. We can't see him. So what was God's plan? To be born as a baby, to put on flesh and blood so that we would know what love looks like as a human being. Jesus Christ lived his life absolutely on earth righteous, completely righteous. He never sinned. Sin is, is an archery term, like as if I was going to shoot a bow and arrow and I'm trying to hit a, a bullseye, like the H and the Y and the airborne logo. If I'm going to try to hit that bullseye, if I miss if that bullseye represents love, if I miss it at all, that's sin. Anything that isn't love is sin. Love always has the highest and best for what it's pointed at, meaning it's never selfish, ever. God is never selfish. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. He can't help but to love you. He's always loved you, and he's always going to love you. Just like when my daughter Abigail was in the womb, that girl that prayed for me, when I was 16 years old, she took me out after that night when we were reading the Bible, and she sang a song when we were out on the beach. She began to sing this song, Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds, and nothing I desire compares to you. As she began to sing that song, I began to feel the presence of God, and I began to cry. I didn't even know why I was crying, but I began to feel the presence of God. When my daughter was in the womb, my, my wife right now is nine months pregnant. When she was in the womb, I used to sing over her every single night. I would sing into the womb. At some point in time, children develop the ability to hear even inside of the womb. So she would begin to hear this voice sing every night. The reason I would sing that song is because that was the first time I remember feeling the very presence of God. And I wanted her to understand and feel God's presence even before she was born. And so I would sing this song, and she would hear this voice in the womb every night. Now, if you've ever been a part, which I don't expect many of you have ever been a part of seeing a birth happen. Anybody ever seen a birth happen in here? Maybe a few people. It's pretty crazy and pretty gross, to be honest. And... Um, it's beautiful and it's gross at the same time. And it's, and it's scary and all that. And anyway, when babies come out, they're screaming, they're crying, they're covered in slime, it's in blood and everything, and it's crazy. She comes out, and that's how she is, and her eyes are slammed shut, and she's scared, and she's screaming. She doesn't know where she's at. She's probably cold. She doesn't open her eyes. They carry her over to this little this lamp, this little bed, and they're cleaning off all the stuff off of her, and she's like, Rah! she's got her eyes slammed shut. I make sure my wife is okay. I walk over to this little bed, 
And I began to sing the same song that I sang over her when she was in her mother's womb. I just began to sing it. And as I was singing that song, all of a sudden, her eye, she quit crying immediately. And she looked over to my direction where she could hear the voice that was singing over her ever since she was born. And she strained her eyes open. And I'm looking at her. And I can't describe to you the feeling that, that, that how I felt as a father that now this little girl is seeing the voice that has been singing over her ever since she was in her womb. And it brought her peace. The Lord Jesus has been singing over you since you've been born, and he's calling you home. I don't know if there's somebody who wants to ju jump on the keys that's available. If there's not, then that's okay. But um, I believe that God is calling people tonight into a deeper relationship with Jesus. He's calling you. He's singing over you. He's drawing you. And God wants to move in your lives. So, Father, we just thank you for what you're doing right now. We thank you for what you're doing right now. God is love. God is love. God is love. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you. In that moment that I was singing over her and her eyes locked with mine, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, this baby has done nothing for me. It hasn't performed. It hasn't done anything. All it's done to this point is scream and cry. But as I looked at her, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, I would lay down my life for this child. She can do nothing for me, but I would give my life for this child. Ultimately, Jesus put on flesh and blood. He stepped out of his heavenly sanctuary. He stepped where he was. Jesus was before time began. He was before the earth was. And he chose to be a human being so that we would know what love is. And ultimately, to die for your and my sins. See, the Bible says that each and every one of us has sinned. You've sinned, I've sinned, I'm, my sins might have been more brutal than yours, but we've all sinned. And the Bible says that the wages of our sin, what we have to pay because of our sin, is death. One day, every single one of us is going to die. And we have to give an account for how we lived our life. We have to, because God is an almighty, righteous God, he has to judge sin. And that judgment is death, eternal separation from God. But God loved us like a father. Just as much as I loved Abby, how much more does the father love you and love me? He loved us so much, he said, no! I don't want to be separated from them for all of eternity. I want to be with them forever and ever and ever. I want them to step into the fullness of what I created them to be. I don't want them to be corrupted with selfishness. When you look around the world, you see selfishness. You see people cutting themselves. You pe see people injuring themselves and injuring others. You see people drinking and driving and killing people because of their drinking and driving. You see stuff happening all over the place, all over the world. You see racism. You see wars. You see this, and it's because people have this issue of sin. They don't know what they don't know. They don't know Jesus. They were created to be loved and to love and to give it away. God said, no, I don't want you to be separated. I want to know you. And the Bible said this, that God hung on the cross. Jesus went to the cross and he says, no man takes my life from me. I give it up freely. They might have thought they were stealing his life, but he says, I could get 10,000 angels to come to my defense right now. 
if I wanted to. But no one's taken my life from me. For the joy set before him, he endured that cross. And that joy set before him was yours and mine's redemption. He saw what took place in my heart on a bridge when I was 18 years old. And then I realized the love of God. He saw me turn from a person that was a violent person, that was punching people, that was getting drunk, that was doing everything I was doing. He saw me go from that to what I am now, a loving father who would give my life for my, not only my own kids, but I'd give my life for every person that's in this room right now. Why? How can I do that? Because I am secure in my eternal destiny. I'm secure in my love for the father. I don't need anything from anybody in this world because I have what I need in him. And because of that, I'm secure. God wants you to be secure tonight. He wants to put you in the family of God, and he wants to put you in the family of God amongst your peers. The question is, do you know him? Do you really, really know him? Do you know his love, and is it manifesting in the way that you live your life? Are you living a hypocritical life, or do you live a life that's on fire for Jesus? Do your friends at high school or middle school know that you know Jesus? Do you know without a shadow of a doubt that if you stand before God, he would say, I know you. Because if you don't, tonight's your night. God's calling you. The Bible says, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If anyone hears my voice, if anybody feels that knocking and they open that door, I'll come into them and I'll eat with them and I'll be with them. He'll save your life. Lord, we just thank you. For the simple gospel that you're moving amongst us tonight. I have a few words before I give an invitation to know Jesus. For those who don't know him. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like a kid lost his mom. Or at least got separated from her at the age of eight or nine years old. Either she died or you got separated from her. At eight or nine years old. I feel like God wants him to know that. He was never alone. You've never been alone. God loves you and cares for you. Does that make sense to anybody? You lost your mom or was separated from your mom at eight or nine years old. Does that make sense to anybody in here? Is that you? Yeah. The Lord wants you to know that you've never been alone. That he's with you. That he knows you. Were you eight years old? Nine years old? Father, we just thank you, thank you, thank you. You've never been alone. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Um, I feel like someone had a hole in your lung at one point, maybe at birth, and it gives complications to your breathing. Does that make sense to anybody? You've had a, you had a hole in your lungs, maybe at birth, maybe you weren't aware of it, but you have complications breathing. Does that make sense to anybody in this room? You have complications breathing. How many people ha in here have complications breathing? Is that you? Your brother does, and how about you? You have asthma? Does anybody that make sense that you had a hole in your, in your lungs or something was wrong with your lungs at birth that you're aware of? Is that you? You weren't breathing? Oh, wow. Wow. Do you still have problems with breathing now? You can't do anything right now? Go ahead and stand up. I want to pray for anybody that just... Uh, if, if you, that was you, I want to go ahead and pray for you. Go ahead and stand up. Put your hands out like this, just like you're going to receive a big gift on Christmas. 
Holy Spirit, go ahead and put your hands out just like this, like you're going to receive a big gift. Now, what's going to happen right now is I, you're, you're going to probably begin to feel the presence of the Lord. You might feel wind. You might feel like a weighty presence. You might just feel love or peace. But I believe that God's going to come upon you, and he's going to heal you right now. I want to encourage you, if you begin to feel the presence of God, that you just go with it. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks right now. This is between you and your creator. Just turn your attention to him. Right now, this is your moment with the Lord. He loves you, and he's calling you out right now. So, Lord, just come in power right now and touch these amazing children of yours. I thank you that what you reveal, you heal. I pray for your power to come upon them and that they would feel your manifested power and that you would heal them completely, totally, healing their ability to breathe absolutely and totally in Jesus' mighty name. So, Father, we just thank you for that. We thank you for what you're doing right now. We thank you for your healing power that's present in this room. We thank you right now that tonight many people are going to receive healing, not just in their physical bodies, but also in their uh, soul. Father, I thank you for that right now. I thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. I feel like God wants to heal somebody of scoliosis. Is there somebody in the room that has scoliosis? Uh, some, your, your spine is crooked or you were born that way. Somebody, is that you? Go ahead and stand up right now. I feel like God wants to touch you right now. If you're around them, if you're one of the youth that's around them, go ahead and put your hand on them. Uh, we just, yeah, is that you? You're, she was afraid you're going to get it. Okay, go ahead and stand up real quick. Thank you, Jesus. If you're around her, just go ahead and put your hand on her. Let's pray this prayer together. No spectators, just participators. It's the Holy Spirit who does healing. If you begin to feel something, I want you to testify to what you're feeling. I want you to tell us, I feel heat. I feel peace. I feel something happening. So Holy Spirit, just say this. Let's say this together. Holy Spirit, thank you that you heal. What you reveal, you know the secrets of our hearts, you know the conditions of our life, and you love us. So, Father, we just declare healing in their body right now. We command their spine to straighten now in Jesus' name. Hips come into alignment now in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit, more, more. Come, Holy Spirit, more. I pray all pain would leave right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. What are you feeling right now? Is anybody feeling anything happening? What are you feeling, buddy? Your neck was hurting and now it's gone. Come on. What's happening? You feel freedom in your breath and relief. Come on. Praise God. What are you feeling? Are you feeling anything happening? A lot of peace. Come on, that's powerful. How about you in the back? You feeling anything happening yet? You got really cold? That's a good sign of healing. Lord, we just bless what you're doing right now in her life, in Jesus' name. I want to show you guys a video that happened uh, a couple weeks ago because I believe that God wants to do some more healing as well tonight. I want to show you a video real quick. And then we'll bring you back up. This happened. Hold on one second. Just press pause for a minute. So if you see this lady in a wheelchair, uh, she, was, she has what you call cerebral palsy. 
Um, she's been in that wheelchair for a long time. She was crippled. She could not walk. I'm telling you guys stories of the supernatural, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just like you read in the Bible, him doing healings and miracles, he's still doing it today. This lady came in. She could not walk. Her legs were like noodles. She, she was absolutely crippled. Her church testified of it. We have her doctor's reports. She had cerebral palsy. When we began to pray for her, she began to feel power, like electricity, going down her body, and her leg began to tremble, and she began to feel the power of God. We began to pray. As that happened, all the Brazilian people began to surround her, like you see that's happening right now. Eventually, they'll begin to sing a song in Portuguese, and what they're singing is, no one's going to steal your glory. No one's going to touch your glory, and you're going to watch a miracle take place where she gets out of this wheelchair, and just check out what happens. That's her husband jumping beside her. Later on, her whole family comes on the stage with her, and her kids are crying, and they're all crying because their life was changed by a miracle. That's rarely caught on video when somebody gets miraculously healed like that. Just like in the Bible in chapter, Acts chapter 3, a guy came out of the wheelchair, and he begins to jump and run and praise God. He was born uh, not able to walk. Yes, we. She said I should say what I prayed over her. And uh, so I'll just be obedient to that. How many people know that children don't have a, a junior Holy Spirit? They have the same Holy Spirit. And um, you got to know that a week prior to that, I prayed for a lady who had cancer. And, and uh, she had cancer, and she was maybe 70 or 80 pounds. And, and we prayed for her. Me and Dr. Randy Clark prayed for her. And we didn't see the miracle that we thought we would see. We didn't see any manifestation happen. And to be honest, I couldn't get that lady's face out of my head. That was a week prior to this lady getting out of the wheelchair. I couldn't get her head, at her face out of my head, and I just began to pray and ask the Lord, God, if I get another opportunity to pray for somebody, how would you like me to pray for them? 
And I felt like I asked the Lord for permission. Next time I get an opportunity to pray for somebody, this lady was only 70 or 80 pounds. She was like a skeleton with skin on it. And if she didn't get healed, she was going to die of cancer. And um, I said, next time if I get an opportunity, I'm going to ask if I can pick her up and walk around with her like she's my daughter. And I'm going to borrow compassion as if she was my Abigail. And I'm going to wait until the Lord stirs my compassion. I'm going to cry over her because the Lord's weeping over her. He doesn't, he doesn't want that she would have cancer. How many people know that God doesn't desire that anyone have sickness or disease? The Bible says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we've been healed. He was whipped 39 times, Jesus was, from the top of his neck to the bottoms of his ankles. 39 times, but this typically 40 times killed a person. And he was whipped that many times so that we could be healed in our physical bodies. And when I was praying for this lady, I asked if I could hug her. You don't see that part on the video. Before the power of God came over, I asked if I could hug her. And I just began to think of her as if she was my only daughter. And she had cerebral palsy and how, how the father felt about her. I began to feel the power of God rush through my body and into her. The Lord loves you tonight. And because of time, I have to bring this to a close. Because your parents will be looking for you. But just like that, God healed her. He knew her. He knows you tonight. He wants to heal your bodies, but most of all, he wants to heal your souls. Every single one of us is a living soul. We have a flesh and blood, but we're a living soul that's going to be eternal. And the only way that we're guaranteed an eternal salvation is if we hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and we respond by saying, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That Jesus died on that cross and after three days he resurrected from the dead because this is the gospel. That even though he died for your sins, the wages of your sin is death. There is no other forgiveness of sins except that there is innocent shedding of blood. Jesus shed his blood to forgive your sins. And if you believe that and that he resurrected from the dead in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, you can be saved tonight. He's knocking on your heart. If that's you. I want everybody to close their eyes right now in this room. If you feel that knocking on your heart, if you're not absolutely positive that you know Jesus, that if you were to meet him tonight, if you were to get in a car accident tonight, or if something was to happen to you and you had to stand before God in heaven, if you're not absolutely confident that you would know him, but tonight as I'm sharing, you feel the drawing of the Lord, you feel this knocking on your heart and you want to be sure that you know Jesus. I want to encourage you to answer that call, to open that door to your heart. And as a sign that you want to open that door to your heart, I want you to put your hand up right now. Do it quickly. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Jesus, keep your hand up. Jesus was stripped naked and hung on a cross in front of his mom and women and everyone. He bore our shame publicly in front of everyone. Salvation has to be a public thing. So the next thing I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to stand up. If you're putting your hand up, I want you to stand up and make it public. The Lord's not a lip reader. He's a heart reader. He's looking at your heart. Just go ahead and lift your hands up to him.
He's looking at your heart right now. He is your heavenly father. And he puts the lonely in families. And if you're lonely tonight and you're not standing on your feet, the Lord says, I want you in my family. As many who receive Jesus, he gives the right to become children of God. I want to encourage you to stand to your feet if you're lonely and you're feeling that calling. Don't resist the voice of the Lord, but stand to your feet in humility. He wants to know you. If you're standing to your feet right now, just lift your hands up. Let's pray this. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I admit that I have sinned. And tonight, I come to you asking for forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness tonight by faith. And tonight, I open my heart up to you completely come in be complete lord of my life open my ears that i would hear your voice take control of my heart take control of my whole life my whole life now just pray whatever he places in your in your own words i just want you to pray in your own words right now just begin to pray Everybody in this room, just begin to pray in your own words to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. More, 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 more. Come, Holy Spirit. More. Now, let's pray this together. I renounce every other spirit that I've invited into my life, knowingly or unknowingly. I command every other spirit to leave me in Jesus' name. And I receive by faith the spirit of God that empowers me to live a righteous life. I bless the Holy Spirit on you right now. The Holy Spirit's all over you right now. Those tears that are coming down. I bless what God's doing in you right now. In Jesus' name, I pray for a filling right now. More, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. More, 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 more. Increase, increase, increase. I want you just to focus on the Lord right now. He's touching many people right now. Even if you're on the floor, the Lord's touching many people right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. More, 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 more. In Jesus' name. Fill in Jesus' name. More. Fill in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. I see the Lord all over this girl right here. What is your name? Angelina. Lord, I just thank you for Angelina's life. I just bless you. I bless what God has placed in your hand right now. I feel like the Lord is speaking to me. Even right now, he's putting a sword in your hand, which represents the the word of God. And God is going to use you to uh, release the word of God that breaks off bondage in individuals that are dealing with like self-hatred, that are dealing with like cycles where sometimes they're doing good and sometimes they're doing bad. It's like they have these ups and downs, almost like some people would call it bipolar. But the Lord is saying that that he's going to use you to help people overcome bipolar disorder and to actually have a consistency in their life because of the love of God and because of the word of God. And so I bless you in Jesus name. And I declare you're a hope dealer. 
You're like a hope dealer in Jesus' name. So, Father, I just thank you for that. I bless what the Holy Spirit is doing in this girl over here as well. So, Father, I thank you. What's your name? Ava, God's all over you right now. Just stretch your hands out towards Ava. Father, we just thank you for Ava. We thank you for what you're doing in Ava's life right now. Increase, 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 increase. Father, I thank you for Ava's life. And I declare and I give you permission to be on fire for God. And God is setting you free from fear today. God is setting you free from rejection today, from the fear of rejection. For the Lord says you're accepted today in the name of Jesus. You're accepted in the beloved in Jesus' name. And you're important to God and you're important to us. And you are in the family of God now in Jesus' name. And I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless your writing too. You have a gift of writing. The Lord loves your writing and your gift with words. And so God is going to use you uh, even in the area of social media and writing things that give hope. And write your story down. Write your story down. He's so proud of you in Jesus' name. So just for the sake of time, I want to honor Josh. So I know I'm going over my time. So uh, where are you? Okay. Okay. So you want to be done? All right. So, guys, yeah. Um, if you got to go, you can go now, but be quiet and be sensitive. I know some of you guys, you still want Richie to pray for you. Um, you can hang out here and he'll continue to minister, okay? Father, I just thank you, thank you, thank you. If you don't need to leave right now, I'll keep ministering to different individuals. If you do need to leave, no pressure to stay. I just want to encourage you, if you gave your life to the Lord for the first time tonight, make sure a leader in here knows that you did that, that they, and, and get plugged in. So, Father, we just thank you for what you're doing even right now in this place. I thank you for the presence of God that's on this girl right now. What's your name? Father, thank you for Kalia. We bless you in Jesus' name right now. In Jesus' name, we bless you, Kalia. The Lord loves your voice. He loves how you sing. He loves how you sing. He loves your worship. There's a scripture in John chapter 4 about a woman at the well. And the Lord says that he's looking for those who worship in spirit and in truth. And you're a worshiper in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, I bless you and your freedom to worship with all of your heart. Because your freedom leads other people to be free to worship with all of their heart. And so I bless that in you. You're amazing. Father, we just thank you. What's your name? Thank you for Nathaniel, God. I just bless Nathaniel even right now. Come Holy Spirit on Nathaniel's life. God, I thank you that this is a night that's marking Nathaniel in a fresh way as a leader. As a leader. You've always known that you've been a leader, but tonight God is marking you in a fresh way. And so, Father, I just thank you of a man of purity, a man of integrity. The Lord says you're a man of purity. You're a man of integrity. You're a man of purity and integrity, a man without any guile. Like, Nathan, like Nathaniel, when the Lord saw him, he said, he's, Behold, a man without any guile. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I feel like the Lord says over you that you're a, you have a pure heart, and you shall see the Lord. You shall see God. And I bless your eyes. And the things that you have seen, sometimes you've questioned if they're actually from the Lord. But the Lord says you've been seen. 
seeing in the spirit. And even sometimes you've shut it down. But the Lord says, you trust what you're seeing. For today, he's opening up your eyes to see in the seer realm. Just like when I was talking about that trance, you're going to begin to have trances and supernatural encounters with Jesus. And even as my son, uh, Gabriel, just came up to lay hands on you right now, as he's a seer, that was prophetic. As I began to prophesy over you, my son came up. And my son has seen the angel Gabriel. And I feel like that you're going to begin to see angels and partner with the angelic and miracles and signs and wonders. Go ahead and hold your hands out real quick. You're going to begin to feel some heat come upon your hands. Father, I just thank you for the gift of healing and miracles, the working of miracles that are upon him right now. I release to you right now an impartation for the working of miracles. In Jesus' name, just as you saw that lady get out of the wheelchair, I release impartation right now. Receive fresh fire. In Jesus' name, fresh fire. In Jesus' name, more, 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 more. Increase, 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 increase. Father, we just thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing. Increase, 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 increase. I want to give you permission, if you're in this room, to burn for Jesus. Burn for Jesus. Be on fire for Jesus. There's so many people like me and like Sean Downey. That, that are on their way, they're depressed, they don't know what you know, they don't, they haven't experienced an airborne before, and the only way they're going to see Christ is Christ in you, burn for Jesus, be on fire for Jesus, who cares if people think you're weird, who cares if people think you're religious, be on fire for Jesus in your high school, if you want to burn for Jesus, raise your hands right now, I'm going to pray an impartation, and many of you are going to begin to feel fire, you're going to begin to feel heat come upon you, this is all about the Holy Spirit, so I want you to say this with me, Holy Spirit, here am I, I give you my whole heart, fall on me, fill me, Come, Holy Spirit, increase, 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 increase. I just release more, 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 more. Fill, fill. Let a mighty wind blow through this place in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit, more, 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 more. I bless you. I bless what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. Put your hand on the people around you. Begin to pray for each other. Begin to pray for each other. Come, Holy Spirit. If you have a special language, if you have a gift of tongues, just begin to pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues. If you don't have that gift, just begin to ask the Lord for it. It's a good gift, and He wants to give it to you. Come, Holy Spirit. More, 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 more. Increase. The Lord's all over you. What's your name? Joy. The Lord's all over you. Come, Holy Spirit. More. For you're also a worshiper in spirit and in truth. The Lord loves your voice and the Lord loves your dance. For you're a dancer and the Lord's going to use you in amazing ways with dance and freedom, releasing freedom through dance. I bless the dancer in you. I bless the worshiper in you in Jesus' name. I bless the creativity that God's given you. You think outside of the box. Don't ever be in the box. There's only one you. You'll never be as good at being somebody else as you are at being you. Even as you uh, idolized almost like a sister I see like a sister an older sister that you've always wanted to be like but the Lord says she's amazing but you'll never be as good at being her as you are at being yourself and the Lord says that you're an amazing person and I bless you to be fully you in Jesus name so I release more fresh fire in Jesus name receive <laughs> fresh fire in Jesus name Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. More, 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 more. Increase, increase. What's your name? Laura. I bless you, Laura. 
I bless what God's doing in you, Lord, right now. I bless the peace that's on you right now. Holy Spirit, come more. Neneku, increase. Increase more, 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 more. More. For the Father has given you permission to put your head on his chest. Just like John the Beloved in the Bible put his head on the chest of Jesus, the Lord's saying, put your head on my chest, for the Lord's going to bring a fresh wave of the revelation of the love of God to you and identity. He's always loved you. He's always, always, always loved you. In Jesus' name, more, 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 increase. Yeah. There's people in this room that God is uh, going to ignite you to share the gospel in your high school and to invite people to come to Airborne. So, Father, I thank you for this man of God right now, an evangelist, a mighty evangelist. Thank you. Increase, increase, increase. In Jesus' name, I bless you. In Jesus' name. It's awesome. What's your name? Jeremiah. Jeremiah, when you came in, the Lord showed me you and highlighted you to me. And I felt like the Lord's going to use you in a powerful way, Jeremiah. Just like he used me. For you, I feel like you're a man of influence, just like I was a man of influence, of popularity. But what are you going to do with what he gives you is the question. Because you're going to lead one way or the other. Either you're going to lead people down a dark path or you're going to lead them to Jesus. And the Lord's calling you today to lead people to Jesus. If you surrender, as you surrender tonight, your whole life, the Lord's going to put you on like a glove and use you in a powerful way. And you're going to set many people free. And I see God using you to lead people to the Father. People who never had a Father in their life. The Lord's going to use you to lead them to the Father who's in heaven because you have a Father who's in heaven. And today you meet him. He's your Father. Just as I was talking about the Father, me singing over my, my child, the Lord's always sung over you. The Lord says you're accepted in the beloved. You're accepted, you're accepted, you're accepted. And so I declare you can trust him. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll always be with you. Always, always, always. I bless you, Jeremiah, in Jesus' name. Father, what's your name? Father, I bless Zach right now, in Jesus' name. For the Lord, I feel like the Lord's given you a gift for uh, uh, humor, that you're a funny guy. And I feel like the way that you think is outside of the box, that you're a funny guy. And the Lord's going to use that humor uh, to actually bring joy For the Lord's, uh, in his presence is fullness of joy. And one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit is that he's a comic genius. And so I just bless that in you. I bless the ability to crack open joy and to actually be a son of encouragement. To actually see the gold in people's lives and not the dirt. For when other people see the dirt in people's lives, you're going to see the gold in their life. You can see the outcast and actually see what God sees, that they have value. And so I just bless that in you. I bless the encourager in you, in Jesus' name. (laughs) Yep, I bless you in Jesus' name. Bless you, man. Thank you, Jesus.
Guys, if you're praying for somebody, receiving prayer, just continue. Um, how about a soft golf clap for Richie? That was awesome, huh? Thank you, Richie. We love you. Thank you. Um, guys, if you're still being ministered to, um, go ahead. Go with it. Um, a lot of parents are here, so if you're done, uh, it's probably time to go home. Thank you. We love you. We'll see you next week. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.